Welcome to another episode of the Granite List Live, where we discuss all things related to human capital and employee benefits. I'm Lee Dill. And I'm Sally Pace. And we are thrilled to bring you a deep dive into the world of PBM and all things drug related on the employer front. Today, we are joined by three fantastic gentlemen. They're going to really each offer a very unique perspective in this conversation. We've got Joe Huntsman, who's the partner and CEO with Fountain RX Specialty, Zach Hansen, the director of business development at RX Preferred, and Josh Butler, the president of Butler Benefits and Consulting. Joe, I'm going to kick it to you first. Let's start with what is Fountain RX? Sally and Lee, it's great to be with you all today. I greatly appreciate the opportunity and all the work that you all do uh, to all the brokers that are listening. It's an honor to be talking to you all today, and you all are on the front lines every day trying to drive value to employers. I'm also grateful to have two of my friends on the call, uh, Zach Hansen at RX Preferred PBM. They do a lot of great work, and we work with them and Josh Butler at Butler Benefits and consulting. He's actually our broker. So he's also one of the most well-known brokers today and keeps winning awards. So real happy to be on the call with all of you. So Fountain RX, we founded that, actually I founded it with my father in 2012 as a retail pharmacy in a medical building. And then in 2015, my dad retired and our pharmacist in charge at the time, Ryan Hollingsworth, and a childhood friend who was a pharmacist, Derek Hicks, They came in as partners and the three of us came together and caught a vision for specialty and just had a dream of building a world-class national specialty pharmacy and started down that track. We went to Assembly for the first time in 2016 and just started growing and started grabbing state licenses around. We have 48 states today. And then we became accredited and then accredited again. And then again, we have four accreditations today and have just seen incredible growth. We've grown 400% in the last four years and building the team that drives and delivers excellence across the board to all of our stakeholders. We're independent. We're not tied to a single PBM or payer, but the four P's I'll say, number one is the patient. The reason that all of us do what we do every day is to make a difference in the lives of people on the ground level. And that's our patients. When a patient comes to us for service, we consider it a great honor and we work very hard to deliver the best service that they could get anywhere. And then providers, we have a provider relations team in the market. They work closely with providers across all different specialties. And then payers, uh, whether it's employers, brokers, health plans, PBMs, we work with payers at all levels and try to be a world-class partner for them. And then pharma, we work with most of the manufacturers. So trying to be a great partner with all of the different stakeholders around serving every individual patient uh, to the best of our ability. We do a lot of things like we work to get patient assistance at every level that we possibly can and speed to therapy. We work very hard to get patients on therapy as fast as possible. We have several limited distribution drugs. We're also a part of a new initiative that D2 they're a consulting group that has been around for many years, and they've launched a platform called UltraTouch. We're one of seven specialty pharmacies that are a part of this, but basically it's technology designed to bring patients on board faster and longer and significantly improve the patient experiences. And in the trials that have come out, the results are very strong. So it's bringing technology and process together to greatly improve the patient 
health and experience. Again, talking to brokers, our goal is to work with you to find innovative solutions to save employers. And there are a lot of ways to do that. And we're going to be talking about that today. And with specialty, it's it's 50% of the spend today and it's only 2% of the scripts. So this is a big deal for employers. Employers really need to think about the cost of the specialty spend and how they're going to work with that. So that's who we are at Fountain RX. And again, it's great to be talking with you all today. Thanks. So let's hear next from Zach about who you are, who you represent, and how it fits in with Fountain. Sure. Thanks, Sally and Lee. Uh, great to be here. Thank you guys for the opportunity to be part of the podcast today. So like I said, my name is Zach Hansen. I'm the Director of Business Development at RX Preferred. And RX Preferred is a fully transparent PBM. We specialize in custom solutions for self-funded employers, really built to align with the goals of plan sponsors, utilizing innovation, own use, um, and own resources, and then emphasizing community collaboration. So working within their own community, and that's part of the reason that we work closely with Joe at Fountain RX and their team. At RX Preferred, we have built what we call a, a zero conflict of interest strategy as a PBM. So what that means to us is that we don't do any spread pricing. We show exactly what pharmacies are paid on behalf of a plan sponsor. We're 100% pass through when it comes to rebates and network discounts. And really importantly for this discussion, we don't own any pharmacies. So we don't own mail order. We don't own specialty pharmacy. And so we work with independent pharmacies and independent specialty pharmacies like Fountain RX to be able to service uh, our clients and find that solution works best for our clients, whether it's the high level of customer service or the comfort in knowing that uh, we aren't paying ourselves in an essence. There are PBMs that might own their own specialty pharmacy, which creates a conflict of interest for end clients. And so our goal was to take that out of the equation. Again, that has led us to find great partners like Joe and, and work with great brokers as well, such as Josh and, and others in the space to be able to design plans that are really built to be able to maximize savings for employers and bring great value for their members. All right, Josh. The ball's been tossed to you. Wow. Tell us. That's a little tough, yeah. two, two tough acts to follow there, but uh, great job, Joe <laughs> and Zach. Lee, Sally, thank you for having me on. I love you guys, your podcast and everything and, and the information you bring to the market. My name is Josh Butler. I'm the president of Butler Benefits and Consulting, and I'm going to kind of echo what Zach said. We work very hard on custom solutions for our clients like Fountain RX and their entities that are associated with their health plan, and I really think that Innovation is hard and it, it's not easy and it's, it's, it's a rocky road that we're all on, but it's a necessary journey in healthcare, I feel, to help people tackle big issues like affordability and access in healthcare. And Joe and his team through Fountain RX, and uh, I know we're going to talk a little bit about Brookwell as well here in a little bit, but they are the ones that deserve all the credit. They're the ones that are working with people like me and Zach to overcome some misconceptions, one of them being that. In order to get the best pricing in pharmacy, you have to work through the biggest PBMs on the planet. We know that that's not true. And we know that the future is trending in the direction of innovation and reform and change and getting to the lowest net price possible. So that's my job as a consultant. I feel like it's every broker's job is not necessarily put all your eggs in one basket, but try to find solutions and develop solutions to help employers and plan sponsors 
get to the lowest net cost, whether if that's through a AWP procurement with a rebate, as Zach mentioned, you know, they allow for the full pass through of rebates back to plan sponsors. If that's the methodology that nets the lowest net price, great, let's vet it out, I think. But you have to really do your due diligence as plan sponsors. And that's what I'm hired to do is help employers do that. So when you explain to an employer that you're trying to push an independent specialty pharmacy, what do you tell them? You know, what is the difference between an independent specialty pharmacy versus a PBM owned specialty pharmacy that they're used to seeing? Well, outside of the white glove treatment that our clients receive from folks over at Fountain RX and the customer service that they're going to receive and the advocacy piece and the handholding, that has monetary value as well. But really, it comes down to this is what you're paying through your current big three PBM contract. And this is what we're going to pay when we carve out some middlemen and we go direct and we work through independent PBMs or directly with Fountain RX. And it really comes down to price. There's a lot of markup in drugs and there's a lot of markup at some PBM level. Again, we're just trying to satisfy that mission of getting the lowest net cost and partners like Fountain RX help us get there. That's great. I love it. Joe, do you want to do you want to tell us a little bit about what you know? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I just want to say there are a lot of independent specialty pharmacies out there. Well, actually not a lot because it, it's a tough space to be in right now because of how the industry is so consolidated, but there are other really strong specialty pharmacies out there that are independent. So I don't want this just to be about Fountain RX. I really want to give a shout out to the other independent specialty pharmacies out there that are working very hard in a challenging environment to deliver as much value as they possibly can to all of their partners, to all the employers they work with and brokers and patients. And also I want to give a shout out to the independent PBMs. We work with several. RX Preferred is one of the ones that we really like. Someone said on a call earlier this week, good people work with good people. And it's a pleasure to work with people that have the same philosophy that we do around patient care and the level of excellence. So I just believe as an independent, there really aren't any conflicts in place. And we're going to move heaven and earth to take care of every single individual patient at the highest level possible and at the lowest cost. I love that mission. You don't hear that that often in the pharmacy world with all that transparency. So thank you for that. You were talking about lowest possible cost, and I know there are a couple of levers that can be pulled to accomplish that. Can we take a look at a term that has really kind of come into the now across all types of benefits solutions, and that is this direct contracting. And can you walk us through, guys, what the benefits are of direct contracting with an independent specialty pharmacy? And I want to back up a little bit because Joe said something that's really important, um, and I want to make sure we cover it a little bit. It's the fact that there are conflicts with PBM-owned specialty pharmacies and that we're trying to achieve the best care for patients and lowest net costs, ultimately. There's a lot of education that goes along with that. Plan sponsors, employers and other stakeholders within the pharmacy benefits space aren't always aware of these conflicts of interest or aren't always aware that there may be games being played on the back end or that there are better ways to do it. So I think that we're in it every day. And so we see a lot with other pharmacies and what other PBMs, traditional PBMs might be doing um, and 
that impact on employers and healthcare in general. But what we try to do every day, and as Joe mentioned too, it's an education process and letting people know. And I think that that kind of pivots over to the direct contracting. So direct contracting for anybody that doesn't know is when an employer or a brokerage firm can go directly to a pharmacy such as Fountain RX and say, hey, we'd like to be able to negotiate directly with you and do whether it's custom reimbursement or specific services. And it's a great opportunity for employers to be able to, I think, one, maximize their savings opportunity by partnering with somebody that is competitive with their cost and offers great service for their members. And then it really allows them to be able to make sure that their members are getting the best possible service. So when you work with Fountain RX, Part of the reason that we love working with them is that they match where we are at in terms of their customer support and their client reaction. They want to be able to be proactive for their customers. They want members to get the best care. That's difficult to find in this industry sometimes. And so direct contracting is a great way for employers to be able to customize their plan. And I can kick this over to Josh real quick, but brokers that emphasize and support that kind of model are unique and they're awesome because it is a great opportunity for employers. And so that's something that we definitely support as a transparent PBM. We want to be able to align with a plan sponsor. And so working with like-minded brokers and employers that are willing to put the time into understanding enough to be able to put together a direct contract is great. Yeah, Zach, thanks for the handoff and that softball there. That's an easy tee up for me. We talk a lot about saving employers and plan sponsors money, but there's so many other potential benefits of direct contracting with specialty pharmacies that I think a lot of people just take for granted because they don't know. Employers don't know really what goes on behind the scenes with their members and their employees that are partaking in that have to take specialty meds. And yeah, price is obviously one reason to contract directly with specialty pharmacies, but we also have to really pay attention to better patient outcomes that are produced because of the level of service that Zach is talking about that specialty pharmacies like Fountain RX and, and great PBM partners like you got RX Preferred and and others that are out there doing this type of work because it actually increases access to specialty medications as well because adherence is a big problem when it comes with some of these medications that a lot of people, over 55% of Americans that are prescribed a specialty med, never fill it ever because of cost and access issues. And it's an overall better coordination of care. And then at the end of the day, it leads to enhanced patient satisfaction which always reflects positively back on the employer and the plan sponsor. When people are getting better quality service and better quality clinical care, not just a cheaper medication, it's an overall better experience for everybody involved. Specialty meds are anything but cheap. So Josh, you wear the lucky hat, unlucky hat maybe, of having to walk an employer through what qualifies as specialty meds and why this even needs to be addressed to begin with. Can you give us from an, an education perspective what you're addressing with employers when you talk about specialty meds? Well, Joe's well more uh, qualified to answer what a specialty med is than I am. But from my perspective as the consultant, we, we go through a process that's pretty similar about specialty represents a very small percentage of the actual number of drugs dispensed in a health plan. But Joe, you referenced it before the call started today. It is now representing more than 50%. We commonly see that, Joe, in claims data where just 
a handful, maybe less than a handful of specialty medications represent over 50% of a plan sponsor's entire pharmacy spend. So these are pretty rare conditions that specialty drugs treat. They're very expensive. There's typically not a generic equivalent available, even though we are starting to see some blockbuster specialty drugs like Humira. Finally, after almost three decades of patent protection, have some competition injected into the market with biosimilars. But it's conversations like that around strategic opportunities to impact the unit cost of care of a very small percentage of people in a health plan, but they represent such a large percentage of the overall spend. And brokers need to know that there are strategies out there to tackle this specific high cost of a health plan when you get proactive and you work with PBMs, transparent and independent PBMs, and transparent customer-centric specialty pharmacies like Fountain. I want to know too, you know, pulling some of these specialty drugs that are administered in a hospital setting and probably run through the medical claims cost because it was in a hospital setting. How do you get ahead of that and carve it out? What does the patient journey look like for that? What are you telling the employers of, of the process? Zach, you guys have a good J-code strategy. You want to uh, start off on that one? Yeah, the first step in that is identification. So I think that there are multiple parties that need to come into play. The first being whoever the medical carrier or the TPA is, being able to share and identify that data to be able to see where those opportunities may lie. And then a transparent PBM like us, where we're able to identify those claims with them, look to see and price out those drugs on the pharmacy side and work with a Fountain RX to be able to make sure that those are administered in an appropriate environment for those patients. So there are a few different players that are involved and everybody does need to work together in that. That's something that's really important in moving a drug from the medical to the pharmacy side, but it can produce significant savings. We see um, there are a lot of drugs that, I mean, this is could be tens of thousands of dollars difference between what you might see on the medical side compared to what we might be able to get in a transparent environment on the pharmacy side. We started to see uh, this shift where there was a real trend toward pulling a lot of these infusions out of the hospitals because of the cost into an outpatient infusion center or clinic. So we actually started a new company in 2020 called Brookwell Infusion, and we opened our first clinic and basically when a patient comes to one of our clinics, it costs around half of what it would cost the patient if they go into the hospital. And the experience is far better. We have four clinics now and we're opening four more this year. We'll have eight by the end of the year in several markets. And there are several companies like Brookwell that are coming on. And when we build our clinic, we're trying to give the spa experience for a patient coming for an infusion. It's like they're going to the spa. It's, it's very relaxed. They can watch their favorite Netflix show and get coffee. And it's just a far better experience for the patient than going to a hospital at a much lower price point. To me, this is a really big area that employers could bring savings. I concur, Joe. I was just going to tag a couple of things for both of them. Uh, what Zach said a minute ago and what Joe said to me. The Brookwell infusion centers are a game changer. We know that a lot of times more and more care is being exported out of the inpatient setting, whether it's J-coded medications, physician-administered medications, or it's outpatient surgeries. More and more patient care is migrating out into the outpatient setting. 
And so, but Zach's made a really good point a little bit ago about coordination between the TPA and the PBM. That's absolutely critical. But also what's equally critical is the coordination between the actual clinicians and the care providers. So when you're talking about displacing J codes from the medical plan to the pharmacy benefit, you also have to have where there's not a Brookwell in place, some type of agreements with the actual providers, whether you want to call that white bagging or red bagging or white bagging or brown bagging or clear bagging. There's a lot of coordination that goes into the care and the administrative process of where are we going to source this specialty med? Because a lot of providers in the hospital settings are using a process called buy-in bill. And they're not giving the discounts over to the patients. Even if they're using a 340B procurement methodology, they're not passing those savings on to the patient. And so this whole thing that you brought up, Lee, about transitioning specialty meds out of the medical benefit into the pharmacy benefit is a key strategy. And it's not easy to administer. You gotta have the key partners who are willing, to Zach's point, coordinate with one another but when you do find that, when you get that mixture of vendors and providers who are willing to do that, the savings can be very, very substantial. Who do you feel that the onus falls on to make sure that that coordination of care works seamlessly? Well, I know my answer. My answer is I take responsibility that for, for uh, you know, a lot of the times is because we're the ones bringing these strategies and these ideas and these concepts to the employers and the plan sponsors. And we have to kind of, you know, ensure as much as we can. Now, nothing's ever perfect. And Joe can attest to that. I'm his broker, like he said. And we have challenges along the way. But I think what is required initially is the philosophical alignment, like Zach alluded to earlier. We're all like-minded. We're all trying to accomplish the same mission in healthcare. But I think we all acknowledge it's not easy. But for me, my answer is, I take some responsibility for it. We're typically the ones bringing these ideas to the plan sponsors. They don't have any idea that any of this is possible. Right. And and as you mentioned, education and coordination of care is so important in, in making sure that all parties are aligned. And it's so just, something... It's, it's, I was going to say, it's, it's going to continue to grow too. There's 7,000, about 7,000 drugs currently in development and 75% of those are specialty drugs. So this trend is just going to continue to go up. This, these types of strategies and these types of arrangements are going to be even more important because specialty is going to continue to rise in terms of overall plan costs and individual utilization. So you're saying Joe's going to be even busier than he already is his team. I'm just curious. Somebody mentioned biosimilars earlier, and you're talking about all these new drugs. I get my own, right? <laughs> exactly. Coming into the marketplace. Joe, can you tell us what you're seeing and what kind of educate us on what biosimilars are, what's happening with them, what the impact is going to be? Well, biosimilars are, we're starting to see some traction in the space on the infusion side and now on the oral side as well. And we operate on both sides. So with Brookwell, we're on the medical benefit side and then with FountainRx on the specialty pharmacy side. And so we can actually look for each individual patient where it's going to work the best for them and the employer in terms of cost. We can see on both sides, but biosimilars are starting to get some traction. But I think over the next couple of years, we're going to see a significant increase in the use of biosimilars. And they are a great opportunity to bring about cost savings. Gene therapy is something else that comes from, and I get confused between biosimilars and gene therapy. 
drugs and looking at what is on the formulary and what's not, and there's all these new drugs. How do you stay on top of that? What are you doing to mitigate the risk of a new drug that's just for me that cost a million dollars coming onto the health plan? Typically, drugs like that, there's like one pharmacy nationwide that is working on that drug and working very closely with the manufacturer to make sure that if there's a patient that is going to get approved for that drug, that A, they absolutely need it. They do qualify for it because that's a lot of money. And B, that the drug is effective. And that's another thing that I want to touch on in the whole specialty space, not even just rare disease, but adherence is so important. And when an employer or a payer says, we're going to approve this, we're going to cover it, it's our responsibility to make sure that the patients are adherent and do everything we possibly can to keep patients on therapy so that that investment in treating that patient yields the desired outcome, which is it helps the patient, improves quality of life. And I can take the formulary side of it. Anytime one of these new drugs comes onto the drug scene, so to speak, um, we have to evaluate it for plans. And we're in a really unique position because of our transparency and because of our customization capabilities where we can give our plans options. So as an example, Humira comes out with their biosimilars available. And what a lot of plan sponsors or a lot of people hear when that comes out is, oh my gosh, I'm going to save a ton of money right now. And that's not necessarily the case right away, right? So there are ramp up periods, additional manufacturers need to be able to go to market with this. And right now, the cost of these biosimilars isn't necessarily such a significant savings from what you would get on a Humira. And then you take into account rebates that might be a part of the program. And so we have to educate those employers and basically say, here are your options. And they can also make a decision. They can say, hey, I want to be able to continue to, to offer both that drug plus a biosimilar. I only want to offer one of them. But it is an education process for employers to be able to let them know what it actually means, not just read a headline and say, oh, my gosh, I'm going to jump to an assumption. We want to be able to make sure that they're making really smart decisions and use data to make smart decisions. We're big advocates of analytics and using the data that we have access to, to be able to figure out, all right, what's the best decision for this employer? What's the best decision for their members in a smart way? And Zach's speaking a language that's so foreign to so many employers who use traditional PBMs and some of the big box PBMs, where the plan sponsor doesn't have a seat at that table. They don't have a place in that conversation. These decisions are being made well above their head and they don't have any say in the matter. And this, which is why we choose to work with independent parties, independent PBMs to give control and the decision-making capability back to the plan sponsor. But it's critical that they have this education. And Zach makes a good point. Amgevita is a great example. It's a bio similar to Humira. And it's still not cheap, okay? Now, compared to Humira, it's less expensive, but it's not like generic, right? It's not like a generic equivalent. And to answer what a biosimilar is, it's just a product that's extremely similar to the already approved reference drug. And it's manufactured in a very similar way with some slight differences in the way the drug is manufactured. And so the story, though, even AbV was investigated by the federal government and really excoriated for their history of raising the price, raising the price uh, incrementally over time. So we always welcome competition into the market, whether it's a biosimilar 
or a drug fully coming off patent and there's generic equivalents available. Again, the goal is to try to maintain highest quality clinical care possible, but getting to the lowest net cost for the employer. Well, y'all are a great team and you know so much. And it sounds like you're really taking care of the four P's, the patients, the providers, the payers, and educating the employers along the way as well. So if anybody listening wants to get in touch with one of you and bring your great package that you've come together on board, what do they need to do for next steps? Well, we're at fountainrx.com and also brookwellinfusion.com. And we would welcome the opportunity to have a conversation with any broker or, or employer or anyone out there who would want to hear more. And again, this is not just about us. We're here to talk about just independent specialty pharmacy and PBMs and brokers and how we can all work together to improve the patient experience and the employer experience at the lowest cost possible. That's our goal. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again for joining us. Thank you for being part of our our vibrant and growing community. And a, a huge thanks, especially to FountainRx for your partnership, not only with the podcast, but also for being on the Granite List. So for those that want to learn more or connect with these guys and read a little bit more, we encourage you to visit thegranitelist.com and research away. Until then, here's another episode of The Granite List Live. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Granite List Live. Access our entire library by visiting your favorite podcast venue or subscribe on our site, thegranitelist.live. Thank you.